You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Next Trek Podcast. Of course, Star Trek Discovery is off the air, and so for the next several weeks, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, and I'm very excited to be able to do it. It's going to be time for our Geek Card Check. Every episode, we're going to deep dive into a geeky television show or movie that one or maybe both of us haven't seen and decide if it's required viewing to keep our geek card. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And with us this week, we've got a guest from our sister podcast, The Screeners Podcast. This is Daniel Howitt, my brother. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, like Chris said, we are getting ready to dive into a, a geeky movie. Uh, we we spent a lot of time talking uh, during the during the last few weeks and trying to decide what where do we start with this. And so Chris and I sat down. We had a, we had a long talk and we made a list of uh, movies uh, from kind of this top 100 list that we came across. I don't remember where that was from. Um, and it was we just kind of made a list of the movies that we hadn't seen. Neither of us had seen before. Um, and from from that we had we picked four. Uh, we picked Brazil, we picked uh, Westworld, and actually at this point I forget the other two. Under the Skin I think was another one, and uh, we sent it out to you Twitter, and it was it was a battle pretty solidly between Brazil and Westworld, and ultimately Westworld came out on top. So that's what yeah. we're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about today. And it was by a nose too. It was like. It was like by one or two votes in the at the very end that Westworld. Came I out. I gotta say I was keeping my eye on that. I was really rooting for Brazil. Yeah. I you know I thought we were gonna I thought I was gonna pull ahead and win, and then Westworld just came from nowhere. Something. Well, it, I don't Westworld know, man. was it was way behind at first, and then there was like a vocal minority that was just chanting Westworld. It was really weird. So now neither I was of you guys t- have seen Brazil for the record. No, That's neither for the record. Brazil. Oh I, man, you? yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. and, and, and that's something that we was very excited about. Is like, I you know, I feel like Westworld is, you know, Westworld, but I thought Brazil would definitely be that because it looks so weird. Right. And anyway, uh, we're going to have to make that happen at some point in the it's, future. It's though. still on the list. It's definitely, that doesn't mean it's got eliminated. It's just, it'll be on the next round maybe, or maybe one of us just chooses it to um, to get that conversation. Because it's, it's one of those movies that's always been out there. And with, I, I just see weird screenshots from it. And yeah. I don't even know. I have no clue what it's even about. So, uh, so yeah, we, we went through that process, and we've got a, a bunch of films, at least for the next few months, that we're we're really excited about that we've already we've already selected. So, uh, but this time around, it's Westworld, not the HBO show, but Westworld from 1973, written and directed by Michael Crichton, the guy who wrote uh, Jurassic Park. Which yeah. you can sort of see some seeds of that in this movie, which I think we'll talk about. Westworld stars Yul Brynner as I think he's credited as the gunslinger, but I kept calling him the Man in Black, and I think it's just because I've seen the show too. Uh, so yeah. all of my notes have the Man in Black does this or does that. Uh, so Yul Brynner is him, and I, man, I love Yul Brynner. James Brolin is there as John, and Richard Benjamin is Peter. And you might you might think James Brolin is Christian Bale here, but oh my you gosh, would be mistaken. I the same thing. It's, it's James Brolin. Oh yeah, I actually looked up. I was like, are they related? It it was uncanny. Um, and as for the female characters that are in this film, uh, they are all I think just uh, sex robots. So that's really I all that so. I <laughs> that I found. So uh, so really really solid feminist film that Daphne. we have. Daphne. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> This yeah, this movie 
Okay, we'll get into it. So, uh, <laughs> let's let's just go around really quickly. What yeah. does each one of us think, Chris? What do you think? A brief overview. Do you watch this? Is this a geek movie? What do you think? Right. That's a good. That's a good question. You know, I honestly feel as though you could probably skip this movie and you'll be all right. Um, here's the reason why I'd say that, and it hurts my heart to say You're this. You're about to make Twitter real mad. I know, I know I am. And that's okay. I'm, I'm all right. I, I feel this way. The, here, here's the reason why I can I feel like I can say this fairly safely is that uh, Michael Crichton, both the writer and directed this film, like we already mentioned, uh, this is definitely like his rough draft of Jurassic Park. Um, and it is the, the plot of this movie is super simplistic. Um, there isn't much there. I mean, it, whatever you think of, if if you look at the poster and you see a killer robot on the the poster, you pretty much have written the plot of this film. There's not really a whole lot past the fact that there are killer robots and people in a park and you know craziness and chaos ensues. Um, it's it in parts of this movie it is really really interesting. I would say that my biggest issue with this movie is just the pacing. And maybe it's just in 1973, that's the way it was. Uh, and the, the pacing and the tone of this movie is just really strange. Like one minute, there'll be some ultra violence happening. Like somebody gets shot and blood's going everywhere. And then the next moment, there's like this crazy whimsical music and there's a bar fight sequence that happens. It's just like five minutes of like slow motion of people like going over railings and through uh, windows and, and stuff. guzzling a bottle of whiskey guzzling just whiskey every like you know everybody looking at whiskey and giving a shrug and then taking a you know huge chug of whiskey it's just it it's whimsical at times it's serious at times it wants to be scary and i don't think it really does a great job of balancing that stuff that being said you know it's it's not a long movie it's like an hour Mm -hmm. and 20 minutes long so it isn't like insufferable like some of these older sci-fi movies like uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, uh, just sit on something for days, it feels like, and it's just boring. This movie is never boring. I I would say it's definitely weird and strange, but it's never boring. So I would say you could probably skip it and you'll be fine, but if you watch it, you might laugh and have some good times. All right. Uh, yeah, I have some. I have some thoughts on that. Daniel, what do you think? Are you in agreement with Chris? Do we? If you're going to be a geek, do you, can you get rid of this? Can you skip it? Well, so can you be a geek uh, having not watched this movie? I think absolutely. I don't think this is one of those essential movies at all. I think I'm in agreement with Chris there. I do think though, as a movie, I think I'm more positive than Chris. Not a lot. I don't love this movie, but I liked it. I thought it was good overall. Um, I think uh, going into it, I I definitely had bias against it. Uh, For sure, I thought it's 1973. A lot of times movies, uh, you know, that are... 45 years old and that are about technology feel super super dated and there are definitely moments of that no doubt about it but i was kind of surprised at how overall like the technology of the movie kind of kind of held up uh in in some ways that really surprised me i didn't there were no times where i was like kind of laughing at the way it was it all it was all handled and i was actually really surprised at in a lot of ways, not plot-wise, but in feel and in some of the ways way things happened, uh, how similar it was to the Westworld TV show. I yeah. was actually yes, very surprised. That's about true. That. 
That I is very would, true. I honestly thought before I put it in, I told my wife, I was like, I think this is going to be nothing like the TV show. And I was totally wrong. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't disagree with Chris. I think there are, it's, it's plenty slow at times. The plot is insanely simple, which is funny if you've watched the TV show when it's insanely yes. complex. Yes. Um, so, but, but overall there's some things I really like. So I, I like it. Don't love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think I'm somewhere in between you two, but I, I think there are some things I, I, I really couldn't stand. Um, I, th- I think it's, it felt to me like an episode of the original series of Star Trek um, in so many ways. It's uh, these people go down to this caricature of a, uh, of a place uh, of a time or something like that. So it's, it's the, the crew goes to the old West. The crew goes to Rome. Um, the, in fact, they've been to all three of those places in the original series, Rome, Rome, the, the West uh, and, uh, and medieval Europe. Um, but it's the sets that everybody sets. had available well, at the time. It, it right. really is. And, and that's that's this. I, I did some reading into this film, and I don't know if this is the right place to talk about it, but I guess we're going to. This, yeah. this film was made for $1.25 million. It actually um, originally was only – they were only going to give him, I think, $800,000 or, or $600,000 to make it, something like that. And uh, but they couldn't get anybody to star in it, and so they basically added another another four hundred some thousand dollars just to pay for James Brolin and I think Richard Alexander, and or because uh, Yul, Yul Brenner only cost seventy five thousand dollars because he needed some quick cash basically, um, and so wow yeah, really yeah it was it's it's crazy so I'm looking at this here I, I didn't have it in my notes but I'm seeing it here. $250,000 of the budget was paid to the cast. So that brings us down to a million. $400,000 was paid to the crew. And so $600,000 only was on, was for everything else. And so uh, wow. they only used standing sets that they could find, uh, except for the Mojave Desert, which they filmed some bits of it in. But otherwise, it was sound stages, the MGM backlot, and the Harold Lloyd estate for the for the Roman Gardens. And that's about it. Yeah, it uh, it looks like it. Right? It really does. Yes. I, I yeah. have seen every one of those sets in ten different movies, right? And yeah. and that lends itself to oddly, it lends itself to something I think that they were even going for, right? Like the, I, I the, agree. I was just to say that actually might not be a bad thing no. because it's supposed to look like a set or yeah. a you know like right. not real. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you think of Disney World or you think of any of these other places, they have. You know, Tomorrowland. They have these uh, Main Street USA that are caricatures of uh, right. uh, theoretical places. So they're they're not supposed to be completely real. So I actually weirdly think it works. Um, all of the rest of that, however, oh, and even the special effects. Yul Brenner at the, with the with the acid in his face. You know, oh, that's maybe a spoiler. You might cut that out. Um, but it's, some of the effects aren't even that that crazy. However, just about everything else, I could not stand the acting. Other than Yul Brenner himself, uh, and he doesn't have a lot to do, but he's—I love his like menacing minimalism. Um, but yeah, it, it's so. In some ways, I'm really up on the film. I think some of it is great, and then some of it is almost unwatchably bad. It's it's very weird. Hmm. I, yeah. I definitely never felt that there were periods that were unwatchably bad. I I, I, I definitely didn't feel that. Anytime I, James Brolin spoke was unwatchable to me. I wow. couldn't I, I couldn't stand it at all. I just totally disagree with you. I think mm-hmm. actually it reminded me a lot of now I feel like I was a little bit too negative uh, in what <laughs> I was saying. I, I, I'm, I, I, what I was saying is, is that like, you know, when we ask the question, do you have to watch us to be a geek? I don't think you need to, but 
I really enjoy like old Bond films. Oh man, me um, too. And this, I the moment because I. I don't know. I do have that bias in my head is when it's an old movie, I'm probably not going to like it as much. Um, you know, I like the new shiny thing. Uh, <laughs> and to be honest with you, like when, as soon as this movie started, I kind of got sucked in. I like the beginning of this movie where it's just like this, uh, like television interviews to like yeah, set up the world. Good. And the, 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 the aspect ratio is different. Yeah. I thought that was really kind of a clever way to kind of draw you into the story. Um, I liked, I just, I think, even way you, as you were just saying, all these little things they did make the movie more charming. You yes. know what I mean? It almost becomes you appreciate it more when you hear when you hear that th- those stories. So, right. yeah, I yeah, I I, I think it, it is definitely worth worth watching. Yeah, I just don't know that it's required watching. Yeah, I agree, and and there were some things that felt really good for the time, like yeah. the uh, the pixelated view for the the robot's vision. That I was the that first was really that- cool. That was the first time that uh, that digital. Let me look at it up. Look it up here. Something like the first time uh, a digital image had been used uh, to process photography to pixelate it. Wow. Yeah. So so Michael and and it looks great. It does look good. Especially it's very it it's very much like Predator. Like the, yeah. that, that's another. That's the thing I was gonna say is like there are a lot of things in here that were definitely firsts. Um, you know, and like that, like the predator, like predator vision or whatever that you would say. And if this is, you know, the way that Yul Brenner walks. Yes. Oh, that was is, so good. Is, is, is very, I don't know if, I mean, I'm guessing people had done that before, but it felt very much like Terminator. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's just very, sorry, go ahead. No, you keep going. I'll, I'll add to that in a sec. No, I just, it felt very much like, you know, he, he had thought in terms of, okay, I'm a robot. I have a, a task to complete. And then. Uh, you know, I don't want to ruin anything because we're still kind of in spoiler-free mode. But like the third time that we see him, he's definitely different than the first two times we saw, we've seen him. And I was like, yeah. I actually really appreciated that. You could tell that there's a glint in his eye. The the kind of his the eyes was interesting too. Like the metallic eyes yes. uh, was pretty neat too. I I, I liked I like that those, those little subtleties. They're really cool. Yeah, just exactly what you said. Both uh, James Cameron uh, has specifically said he modeled the Terminator on oh wow on Yul Brenner's walk, and even the idea of the the vision and stuff like that. And John Carpenter said he modeled Michael Myers on kind of the in- indestructibility of Yul Brenner's hmm. character. So that's cool. Yeah. So this is we're we're sort of infringing upon what we're about to talk about, but I I do yeah, like let's what do we're that. saying here that that this. And and I I think I sounded very negative too. I I think there are moments that are really I, that I really still don't like. But for the world building and the things that they were trying to do, um, and that the DNA of the current Westworld, which is amazing, is firmly rooted in this film. Yeah, totally. So, so let's let's push forward and and Chris, let's why don't do you take it. it away. Absolutely. Okay. So our geek card. Let's talk about our geek card. There are five things we talked about before we started recording. We may change these things, uh, but five kind of touchstones five hole punches that we feel like are necessary in order for a film to really be deemed you know a necessity to be uh, lifted up into the pantheon of great geekdom uh and so the five kind of check marks that we're going to talk about are overall quality of the film uniqueness to geek or unique to geek as we like to say does it stand the test of time? So is it enduring? And the overall cultural long-lasting impact of 
this film. So I think we're going to start in that order. Let's talk about the just the very beginning. We've done a little bit of this, but let's talk about the overall quality of the filmmaking to begin. Like, you know, there are some geek films that are just it's just mastery. We look at things like Star Wars. Of course, we all can agree that that still stands up, even though it's an old old film. This was shot, I think, five years before Star Wars. Star Wars came out in 1977. So, you know, this is earlier than Star Wars. Um, but still, you know, you watch something from the 70s like Star Wars, and it still holds up today. Uh, does this, the, the quality of the filmmaking, the craftsmanship of uh, the cinematography, all that stuff, does it hold up today? So let's let's talk about that whole punch first, and then we'll move on to the next one. So, Tyler, what say you? What do you think about the overall, I think we've already touched on this a little bit, but what do you think of the overall just kind of filmmaking of, of Westworld? Well, yeah, like like you said, we've we've mentioned some of that before. I, I really like the the beginning of it, like you said, where it's it's, it's a unique um, introduction to the to the concept of the Westworld. It begins with a promo, essentially, of the for the park, right? Um, yes. And it reminded me actually of of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I guess the movie is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? Um, even though they didn't, I don't think they introduced it that way. That movie is cut with these you know television reporters talking to people who are. Uh, looking for the Wonka candy, and, and for some reason that reminded me of of it. It's, Got it's this, it. We're in yeah. this fantastical world, but they're but they're saying you viewer are in the real world. Come visit ours, and I, I really liked that. Um, it, it, so a lot of the things that that really stuck out to me that I thought were great were world building um, type of things, uh, and, and I think that's that's especially important when in in filmmaking is you you have got to bring us into the world and make us feel that it is a a legitimate uh, place that it's something we can go visit, um, and I think they he does that well. But but it's also it's an uneven enough that it's it's clear that it's a first time director, um, where the um, the gun the the uh, the bar fight was way too long. Uh, it was it was really really too long. And then there were some things yeah. of the chase with uh, with Yul Brenner, the the man in black chasing Pete. Uh, there's some some shots that just went on way too long. He's he's walking way too long or something like that. Um, yeah, so so some of the unevenness I'd say is is it, it impacts the quality a bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now I'm with you on a lot of that, Daniel. What about you? What what? How do you feel about the filmmaking overall? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of said, said most of my thoughts on the film as a as a whole, but I definitely think it mostly holds up. I think uh, it's funny that Michael Crichton is a is a acclaimed novelist because I think the story of this film is the weakest point, right? I right. think the ideas uh, and the world building. Uh, hold up really well and I think a lot of the filmmaking techniques are really special like we already talked about the the kind of robot vision uh, kind of some of the direction of the actors is, is really interesting and so I think overall I think it holds up mostly um, as just from a filmmaking perspective I think there are a lot of interesting things uh, that the film does that that, that kind of just really set up this world in a very interesting way. So yeah, I think, I think filmmaking wise, it holds up. What did you think? Sorry to jump in. I just, I just thought about it. Um, And you guys are both filmmakers. Uh, What did you guys think about the use of, of the, the weird slow motion or the weird, um, they did some weird things with screams or, or, you know, things that uh, sounds that were extended and, and echoed on. Is that just, is that just, uh, you know, from the seventies and I should just get over it. Or were those, those seemed, really rough choices to me like when when the the point i'm thinking is when um uh 
when the man in black goes in, uh, sneaks into the hotel room and uh, pulls a gun on James Brolin. Yeah. I actually forget James Brolin's character's name, but he's James Brolin. Uh, and and then Pete, in slow motion, you know, in a towel, pulls a gun on an old lady and she screams for forever. And then <laughs> and, and he, like, jumps into the room and it's all crazy slow motion. Yeah, what do you think about that? I don't know. I actually thought that was interesting. Um, uh, I think sometimes those things were a little, uh, a little overlong, like you're saying, but I thought they were really interesting choices. They do feel very seventies. So that's, that's the thing that I feel like, uh, you, you find in a lot of seventies action movies that kind of slow-mo, uh, the, the slow-mo moments, but it felt uh, like a Roger Moore bond film. Like the moment yeah. I saw that, it felt like something that would be in like Moonraker oh, or, and, and Hey, I will, I will go all day long about, about Moonraker. Cause I, I love, I love James <laughs> Bond. I, yeah. I think though that they, I think that they restrained themselves from some of that stuff, though. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just bumped. Uh, I, I, with me. I just, I just mean more the the filmmaking itself. Sure. Uh, the the like you were saying, Daniel. Like a lot of this is just kind of um, extending tension, especially in the scene that you're describing. I thought it was really quite cool. I like yeah, the same. I know. I know. It was. I know this is a weird thing to say, but like. He just looked cool, like the towel, and like he was willing to kick down that door. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool, and also very uh, unexpected, I guess, for me to see Yul Brenner go down so fast yeah. at the beginning. I was like, wait a minute, is that? Because I knew Yul Brenner, of course. Everybody knows, you know him, you know Pharaoh, and you know all that stuff. And I just, as soon as they called, killed him, I was like, wait a minute, is that, is that it? Right. Is that, is that his entire? character um of course he comes back two more times but um i was just i I was shocked at that so anyway i'm sorry i think you were in the middle of what you were what you were saying right daniel no no overall i i like the filmmaking filmmaking you know as a whole i I think things like that like the slow-mo slow motion moments really uh were were pretty strong so that's why i i was pointing out that it's kind of interesting to me that he's he's more known as a novelist than a film director because here the story is weaker than the filmmaking elements yeah that's interesting i think honestly and this will be kind of where where i'll go from that because overall quality filmmaking i guess that definitely um, involves writing i am a huge michael Crichton fan same jurassic park is my favorite film of all time when i saw it in the theaters it changed my life i knew that filmmaking was like a medium that was super powerful. So for me, I wanted to love this movie because it's, of course, a piece of Michael Crichton's history that I was not all that familiar with. None of his films have have I watched. I've not, and I just, just you know, cast them in shadow because I've heard not terribly great things about them. Um, I'm going to go visit the rest of them. He's done two more films, I think, um, that were after this one. Um, and so I'm just going to, go and watch them. Um, but, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, Daniel, saying that the story is not all that interesting. I just think Michael Crichton does details better. Yeah. And he has a concept here, and there's a lot of details in this movie that are really subtle that make the world feel real, which is one of the reasons why I really did enjoy this movie on kind of just a um intellectual level like there's a moment when there are and i think this will come into other things as a groundbreaking moment i feel like too but like there's a moment where the delos or maybe even i think it was delos like scientists are in a room talking about the what's going on in the park Mm -hmm. and one of the scientists says i find it hard to believe that there's a disease of computers right 
And I was like, wait a minute, computer viruses are everywhere now. But back then, that was like a weird concept. Mm -hmm. Like that could never happen of of disease and computers. No. But, you know, that's that that that's like a concept that I think Michael Crichton was like truly interested in. And if you were reading it on the page, I think it would be much more rich and interesting. He would have but explained here, to you exactly how it worked yeah, on the page. E- exactly, right. But here, it's just got to throw it away. And I feel like maybe he was just in a little bit over his head. Like, I think he's better at uh, concepts and storytelling. And when he combines that with actually directing, I think it doesn't come across as well as it does in the hands of, you know, other you know, other, you know, better directors. And of course, never as good as Steven Spielberg. That's why, you know, when those two got together and did Jurassic Park, it was like nothing else. Oh, man, come on. And it was dinosaurs too. So, you know, that makes a huge <laughs> difference. But anyway, so I, I honestly think overall the filmmaking is not bad at all. If you, if you're okay with understanding where this is coming from, and you should when you sit down and watch us, understand it's a 1973 film. I think it's actually really well made, and it stands up pretty well. Uh, it, it, it does a good job to draw you in. I really do. I really do think so. All right. Anything else on overall quality? of? The, oh, we need to talk about the music. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about I that. Was that kidding. is another... garbage. <laughs> garbage. Yeah. I was just oh thinking, oh, I'm done gosh. being negative. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the only thing about oh. this film that I actually hate. Towards the end, especially, oh, it was it just bad. making this slamming noise yeah. over and over and over yeah, for like two bad. minutes straight. It was getting on my nerves so much. And I, th- yeah. I, I think some of it, I... I I really tried to look at why that was the choice because I love film scores. It's what I exclusive, almost exclusively listen to, especially while I'm working. And uh, at first, I, I was actually pretty intrigued by it when they first introduced Yul Brynner as, as a, he's going to pursue them a bit. It actually largely matched up with his steps. It's this like um, like chunk, 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 chunk thing. But it matched up largely with Yul Brynner's steps. And I thought, oh, that's great. It's this intense... Uh, you know, pursuit music that, that matches with this, you know, uh, just plodding along, uh, bad guy who's chasing them. And then it kept going for 20 more minutes. So it, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, once the synth pops in there at the end and it's just like that derm, derm yes. over and over and over again, especially when, <laughs> when, uh, what, what's the main character's name? Richard Benjamin. Pete. Uh, car- yeah. Pete. He, he j- jumps in like down into mm-hmm. the, the hole. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's when and, it was the and, worst. That's when it was. Yeah. The worst, and exactly. Yul Brynner's just walking through Roman world and you're just watching him walk for like two minutes and you're just like, okay, yep. I get it. guy. I get it. He's following him. I, I get it guys. I really do. I, I know I'm supposed to be intense. It's supposed to be intense. Yeah. I get it guys. Thank you. But then also the music, the music in that bar fight is just, <laughs> it's so whimsical all of a yes. sudden. Like that, that was the thing that I had a, the biggest problem with overall in this movie is just the tone. Like that's the problem is it just felt like it didn't know. Is it a horror movie? Yeah. Should we, are we supposed to be scared? Is it a action adventure movie? Is it a sci a hard sci-fi film trying to give these sci-fi, you know, ideas? Uh, you know what I mean? Is it what what is it? What is what is the movie trying to be? And I don't think it ever actually nails any of it. I think yeah. it just always is just kind of really super clunky and the music is supposed to tell you how you feel, which is unfortunate. And the music's not all that great. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that is my biggest issue with it. It just felt a little overbearing and trying to tell you how you should feel feel. And of course, too. 
and I, I thought about this later, there are, it is always like daytime, like yep. stark mm-hmm. light. Yep. I guess maybe that's because filmmaking at the time, you couldn't really do much with darkness, but at least they didn't try day for night or something like that. You know, that would have been, yeah, really I don't bad. think it's ever, it's never night in this movie. Oh, it is. There's, Ever. there's the one time where they're fixing the robots oh, for the first time. Yeah. That was my favorite. Yep. That's that actually my great. favorite moment in this movie. I actually have that yep. put it down here is that that it was kind of creepy. It was, you know, it, it took its time. It showed what was going on. Yeah. I, I like that. That moment really great. That was, it? and I think no music either, right? They they didn't try to play creepy music. They didn't try to make it a horror movie. It was, I think, um, I think no music. I could be wrong. Or if so, it's so subtle that it, that it, it wasn't yeah. huge. I love that scene. Yeah. Cool. All right. So punch card, does it deserve her overall quality? I'm guessing I would say probably not. Um, the quality is fairly lacking um, in, in that department. Uh, what do you guys say? How do you guys feel about it? Is it is it punch hole worthy? <laughs> yeah, let's not say Check that. mark worthy? <laughs> punch hole? Hole worthy? <laughs> you, you want to put a, you, you want to put a hole in it? Oh, is gosh. It, wow. Is it? Is it? <laughs> Is it punchworthy? I, I like punchworthy. Yeah. Is it punch? No, no. Okay. And no, so does it deserve? Punchworthy sounds like you want to punch it. Oh, though. I know, right? Exactly. Mm. So, so does this deserve a check mark? There uh, you should go. we check this off on our geek card? Uh, what do you think, Tyler? I'm gonna say no. It really does try. I, I would like to say he's yeah. trying, but it's it's a first. He's a first time director, and and that's not always you know. Yeah. It's not always gonna be a win. Daniel. Overall, no, I don't think it deserves a, a place on the geek checklist, but I think it is still a decent movie overall. I think it, it has obviously inspired an, a really incredible TV show, uh, and, and it's more closely aligned to that show than I really thought it would be. So it's still a good show, or still a good movie, but not necessarily a, a, a geek kind of legendary film that you have to watch. Let's talk about whether or not Westworld has anything really, truly groundbreaking in it. Something that no other film had done before and that films afterward had mirrored or tried to emulate. So, Tyler, we'll come back to you. What do you think? Is there anything groundbreaking in Westworld? Something that it brought to the table that nobody had ever done before? I think... We've sort of mentioned this before, but to, to kind of uh, shine a light on it, things like the attempt at the at the um, digital effects for the android's yeah. eyes. You know, those are things we're going to see in Terminator. That's one of the coolest parts. I remember especially Terminator Two, right, where he where uh, Arnold comes back uh, and he's he's assessing each of the guys. Like it's not as as fancy as that, but you can definitely see the DNA of of you know a shot of of you know, an Android's vision, uh, through, uh, through this, um, especially yeah. like, I really liked the, um, the heat sensing part. I thought that was fantastic. It was so mm-hmm. well done. Um, yeah. I wondered because they only used that once. Right. I wondered if that was like really difficult for them to do. Cause it, it felt like they were really, you know, showing that off. And then that was the only time it actually showed up. I would be interested to know if they would, it they was, like, it was, it took, it was a lot of money. Um, so something that I saw, they didn't say what the final cost was, but Crichton was was going around to a bunch of different places to sort of figure out the how they would do the imagery, uh, the the uh, digital imagery, and yeah. um, one one place I think he, he went to JPL in in Casadina Jet Propulsion Laboratory um, because they were the forefront of that kind of stuff, and they said uh, two minutes of animation. So I guess that's a, as much time as as. Uh, as those two two shots took about two minutes of animation would take nine months 
and cost $200,000. And so on a budget of 1.25, he has, you know, he's not able to do it. So, uh, so I don't know if they, I didn't find out what the end cost of the digital, uh, the, the pixelation and stuff like that was, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was expensive. Um, and, and it hadn't that's been done. That's crazy. Yeah. So. That's very cool. Very, very cool. So that's definitely All right. groundbreaking. So that's, definitely. yeah, that is, that, they're, they're, and I would agree. I think that uh, there's a lot in this movie that's groundbreaking. Like I said before, it, Yule Brenner's performance oh, uh, as an android. Go ahead. Sorry. You were in the middle. Of I was going to ask you, uh, you guys, if you remember off the top of your head, when was Tron? Because I know Tron was some of the other, one of the other first that did. That was, that was in the late was it 80s. 80s. It was late 80s mid, or early? mid 80s, I think. Oh, okay. Um, Tron was 1982. 82. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's almost 10 years later. Would we get something that still to this day looks, I, would you say Tron looks more dated than this in terms, oh, of, yes. in terms yes, of the digital? Definitely. Man. Oh yeah. Right no, Tron, worse. I, I would almost say Tron is unwatchable. Uh, I, now. Yeah, it is, it's it is. Oh, I tried to watch that when the other, when the new movie came out, when Tron legacy came out and I, I just stopped. Yeah. I just, it just is, it, it makes and, my eyes. And that's bleed. the difference between, you know, like I was saying when we first started, uh, I, I was worried that this one would be like Tron. It's a movie right. about technology in a lot of ways. The reason Tron is so unwatchably bad right now is because it's it's all about technology of the time. And it's and so it's it just really doesn't hold up because now we've moved on so far. This movie is not about technology in the same way. It's about right. technology that appears human, which is kind of pretty groundbreaking in and of itself. Just yep. about these these androids, these these robots that look exactly like humans, right? It, it that that seems like a really simple idea now, but that was I, I I'm not sure of the history. I haven't looked into the history of if other movies did that before. But to me, watching it now, that felt pretty. That feels pretty groundbreaking for its time. Yeah, and I agree that not only does it feel groundbreaking for the time, but I also feel like stories are still being told just like this. Yeah. In, in point, point in fact, Westworld on HBO. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this, enti- this concept, although this movie is a very simple plot, very, very simple. What it doesn't dive into is the AI of the characters. The the and what I was thinking was like while I was watching this movie is that this plot feels very simple, but it could actually be happening in the Westworld television show. Right. Uh, like this, yeah. like you know, like a, a couple of you know whatever. It just it felt very strange to me to be watching this and thinking, well, actually, this could fit very nicely into the events of the television show because uh, there's a moment where this happens and you know all these other people wouldn't be aware of it and it just it's uh, it's much more simplistic obviously the the storytelling is not nearly as complex or uh, nuanced the performances are not nearly that way at uh, either but the basic concepts actually hold up what did you say 40 40 years later 45 i think 45 right, 40, yeah. right? yeah that's insanity guys yeah. to think to think that 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 is so that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big deal um that that it that it does that i i think that is fairly groundbreaking and it does some really some really cool stuff no doubt um so while we're on that i think it kind of bleeds directly into like what do you think the cultural impact of this show was i had not seen this movie had you guys seen this film before you watched it nope, nope. no i don't think so why? And let, let, let's let's say this. Have you guys watched the Westworld television show on HBO? Yes. I have watched one season of it. I have not caught up. Okay. So my question to you is, 
why didn't you watch the movie? Like, what was stopping you from watching? Because, I mean, that's the question to me is, is that, like, I had watched the television show, really enjoyed it, but I never felt it would be necessary or even interesting for me to watch this movie. How did you guys feel about it? So the reason I haven't haven't watched it before, and I you know I, I don't know if we we're going to talk about something like this more later, but yeah, I, I don't feel that this movie is ha, has a major place in our culture. Um, yeah, I think if if it weren't for the show Westworld, uh, we we would definitely would not be reviewing this movie right now. Um, isn't that true. isn't that odd though like yeah. because not only is there an hbo television show on it right and which is in its what third it's just finished, finished its third second season? season second season right it's about to be in its third so you know that that's a big deal but also you know the writer and director is a pretty famous guy right jurassic park mm-hmm. yep. you know what i mean like so isn't it just odd though that it isn't at least you know, better known or watched or talked about even, I mean, like even in the last three years, like I get the idea that, uh, you know, it wasn't known before that, but even now I still felt like, even though it was back in our cultural zeitgeist, even now I didn't feel like it was necessary for me to watch. It's yeah. weird. I, I think this is something that's going to come up more with, with the more movies that we do with this. Uh, this is one that I could, and maybe it's just because I know, I know Michael Crichton's work so well i I've, i love his books and i love them the other movies that have been made on it i could bs my way through a conversation about westworld because i know of it um and so for me at least that that's my measure of its cult- cultural impact is is i i know of it i know what it's about i knew what it was before the show um i don't think i did i'm not sure that didn't. i did honestly yeah. um yeah isn't that weird that's weird I feel like for some reason that that it, it just feels like an odd uh, hole in cinematic history because this movie is not bad. Like right. I, I genuinely, the reason why I didn't do it is because I thought the movie was going to be bad and I, resp- I respected Michael Crichton and I didn't want the, the, the my view of him to be tarnished by a terrible <laughs> movie that I thought this was going to be. And it's not a terrible movie. It's not great. It's like I already said, it's got pacing issues you know, it's definitely not the best, you know, whatever, even, you know, a sci-fi movie in the 70s. Of course not. But it is still odd, though, when I think, like, what are really great movies that came out in the 70s that are sci-fi films? We've got, like, Alien, right? Yep, mm-hmm. close, that's 79. Uh, we've got... Close Encounters. S- so, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Star Wars. Star like, Trek. What are... Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture was 79. Uh, Star Trek was... Yeah, was it? Yep. Motion picture was 79? So, so for me, I think the reason why it, it doesn't have a heavy place in our culture is that it's not amazing. But the thing is, it yeah. has a lot of great ideas. And I think there are yeah. probably a lot of other sci-fi movies uh, that, that just picked them. That, yeah, that, that just that are good and that are fine, but they didn't endure because they're not as good as Star Wars or Alien or any of the others. Sure. And, yeah. and you know, and that's okay. And just the, the filmmakers behind the Westworld TV show, you know, Jonathan Nolan and, and all of them, uh, they, they just, they, they must have watched this years ago and really appreciated the ideas and wanted to expand upon them. And so because of that, now we're talking about the show, now we're talking about the movie here. And so, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I don't think you know I I think Tyler and I grew up in a in a household that really liked sci-fi oh, yeah. in a lot it's, of ways. We watched a lot of sci-fi. Obviously, it impacted Tyler more than me, and he's talking about it. You know, talking about sci-fi on an entire podcast. And this I isn't a movie you, that I we watched. I bet you that's where I heard of it. I bet you Dad watched it, and and I never watched it, this know? as a kid. And you I know? and I, nor did I. But I bet you 
I bet you dad mentioned it or something like that. It, but I also I also read Michael Crichton, so maybe there's also right. just that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I, I just don't think it, it was good enough to kind of stand out as a as a classic. Sure. Yeah, and exactly, and and that is what's kind of odd to me is because I feel like. I, I, you know, growing up, I don't know if about you guys, but I know you were came, you know, you're a little bit younger than I am. But growing up, like you'd have the television on, like onto like a like like TBS or, um, you know, uh, these old these cable or network the shows or Sci-Fi Channel or whatever else, and I never saw Westworld on any of those. Yeah, like the, it was never even there, and I don't feel like it's just strange to me that it wasn't even available it was hard for me to track down this movie yeah uh how did you how did you guys if you don't mind me asking how did you guys watch this movie by the way i went to my public library and i checked it out really yep so i i didn't feel like going down to my public library i wanted to watch this film digitally um (laughs) did you guys watch it on a dvd yes okay so I subscribed to a service called filmstruck i want to i really want to yes yeah so they, it offers a 14-day free trial. So I was like, oh, okay, why not? And it, it had Westworld on it. And uh, it was in uh, full HD, and it it looked great. <laughs> I, I mean, like... Because it, it, it was shot it, on film, so it, it yes, looked good. It looked good, and I, I, had a great, I had a great time with it. I think it's a really good... Um, it was a really good time. I, I, I enjoyed that. So I enjoyed Filmstruck and all that stuff. But I, I, the reason why I bring this up is because I think, honestly... Westworld was just not accessible. Like it didn't, it wasn't a hit at the box office. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of faded away. And now the television, television show has done something completely different with it. And it is, you know, definitely cemented a different world. And so I think even now it's just so different and it didn't do well that people, it's still hard to, 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 to get, it's still hard to get your hands on. And I think that's a, major issue with with the reason why it is not all that culturally impactful it's not in the zeitgeist we're not constantly talking about uh yul brenner in westworld we all have an idea of him that the concept of that happened and we kind of respect it and we know that that was a template for what came after with predator and terminator and you know all these other you know like you said mike myers these very hard to kill scary uh, michael myers not austin powers though yeah did i say austin powers you said mike you said mike myers the comedian oh <clears throat> got it <laughs> got it he Sorry. was I, hey yul brenner might have been a great influence on him yeah, that's, that's true awesome. you're right yeah yeah wow okay anyway i'm just saying it's interesting to me that this cultural impact thing didn't happen and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it just didn't do well at the box office I think now, though, it is worth going back and at least watching. But I don't think if you haven't seen it, your geek card is somehow less valuable. Right. So that's my kind of final final word on Westworld. I, what do you guys? What do you guys? I, say? I really think, I think that the the it's you're right. It doesn't hit the zeitgeist per se. You know, it's it's not this permeation of uh, you know, everybody's talking about Westworld. Although they are now, the the show is is it's almost. You know, while Game of Thrones is off the air, this is the one that people are watching and talking about. Um, but I think it's more subtle than that. We we see the the beginnings, uh, the DNA, if you will, of of Jurassic Park is is in there, and other um, hugely um, culturally impactful concepts are there. Um, but that oh, sorry, hey, I, yeah. I hate to interrupt you. Yeah. Just keep pause that thought for a second. The Jurassic Park thing, while they're flying in on the hovercraft going to the park, yeah. 
the the little uh, video comes up and starts talking. Yes. And there's there's literally down. the word they spared no yep. expense. I wrote that down and too. I li- I literally was like, what? Yep. This is unbelievable. Anyway, sorry. No. That's definitely a callback or call forward to what would be in Jurassic Park. I just I thought that was delightful. I had I was smiled so so big on that one. I loved it. Well, it's it's the same. I mean, just building upon that. That's they spend all this time in the control room, right? They're tr- it, the themes of Jurassic Park are are right here, and and which I mean, not just the film Jurassic Park the original, but even down to the sadly not as amazing um, sequels that they've had. They still are playing with this idea of control, you know, man over maybe not man over nature, but man over man made things, um, and and do the things that we create. Can the technology that we have spin out of control? Um, those are core sci fi concepts that yeah. Crichton is working with here, and um, and I think so. So that's all very present. So even though it's not um, in your face stuff, it's certainly in the genes of what we're. Um, uh, of what we appreciate today and explore as sci-fi. Totally. Daniel, any final words, any final thoughts on Westworld that you, uh, you want to uh, add? Do you, you said Westworld. Do you mean Western world oh as it's God. referred oh! to in the movie? <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so, no, it, they forget where they are. No, no, no. I don't believe that. I don't think, I'm not sure that I ever heard them say Westworld. Oh no, they do, it, but it's all voiceover in the it's ADR. Uh, like the intro. Yeah, yeah. I so, think you might be right. I think, I think the might. movie. I think the world was called Western World, and then they changed the movie title to West World, and maybe added it in once or twice. But yeah, th- I think as they were writing it and as they were filming it, it was Western World. Well, and that can be I, very I, much a, an early an early director thing. He didn't have uh, who's the guy that keeps track of that, that script supervisor or something like that. There's some a continuity. Person. No, I think they just changed. I think they, they just, just changed change their mind. Somebody was just yeah. like, "Hey, it should be called Westworld." Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we already filmed the whole thing, so what should we do now? Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> that was really good. Can you do that that voice again? Like, <laughs> like. It, it, I, I, it only I, comes out of me at certain times when yeah. he's talking about Western world, right? West, yeah. This is Western world. No, you're right though. It, it 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 is strange to hear the characters in the movie refer to the park as something different than <laughs> than the title than, of the movie. <laughs> the title of the movie and what everybody else refers to it as. Yeah, it, it was it was strange. It, it may have just been. I feel like it's the 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 scientists who all call it Western world. And I'm pretty sure that the two main characters, Richard Benjamin and Mm-mm. James Brolin's character, do call it Westworld. If they no, even say no. the name. I, they may not even say You don't it. think no, so? I, they said Western World. I heard. I remember specifically those characters right. saying Western World. I wrote it down in the orientation video. That was the, it was, So it was very beginning. It's like my fourth note total. Because um, actually, I didn't realize Crichton directed it. I knew he wrote it. I didn't realize he had directed it. So I was, I was taking notes right from the beginning. And right after talking about James Brolin, just can't stand him. Um, I, don't I, I wrote, that. I can't stand him at all. Um, and then, well, uh, and I, I actually, I actually wrote texted you. You video Western World. <laughs> yeah, it's Western World. You're right. I think it may be a Western World because I, I have in my notes it says they keep calling it Western yeah. World. Yep. Yep. Why do they keep calling it Western World? Yeah, that is a weird change. You're right. It is very, very strange. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk about and I totally didn't know why I didn't talk about this sure. but you just mentioned it you said I hate James Brolin <laughs> and I told you just, just wait, wait. <laughs> I can't believe they killed his character that I was, was kind surprised. of shocking yeah. I was surprised yep I thought yeah. he was going to be the last man standing you know yeah. right 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. I just was, I, you know, they pulled like a, a psycho there almost. Like I was like, whoa, that is kind of, you know, they're definitely not pulling their punches. And that's what I meant by the tone is so weird because like the scene before that was the weird uh, bar fight yep. sequence with the strange, funny, happy music. And then the next scene, the dude dies. It yeah. was weird. It was weird. Any any other uh, observations or random things we just didn't get a chance to, to mention? I think there were some uh, cool effects. I'll, I'll talk uh, generally, but uh, so, so, so not get into spoilers. But towards the end, there was there was a moment where they somebody throws acid on somebody's oh, face. Oh, I loved that. Those effects were pretty great, actually. Yeah. I thought the, that that whole thing toward ev- everything effects wise towards the end was was I thought really well done for the time for sure. That was yeah. uh, that that was done. Uh, I was reading up on that. That was done with. Um, it was just regular, I think, paste or putty mixed with ground up Alka Seltzer um, in his makeup, and hmm. so that when he threw the water on him, he smoked. Because I was, I thought, man, that is impressive for the yeah. seventy three. Yeah, no, that that looked cool, and even a lot of the like the the masking that they did, where you know they took Yul Brenner's face yes. off, and yeah. it's just laying there, and you see inside the skull. I think all that looked looked cool. I mean, uh, there on him specifically looked cool. But there are other places where it's just like a circuit board, just oh. like literally <laughs> inside <laughs> somebody, snake. yeah, inside the snake. And that was all very, you know, some of it was very cheap and terrible. But still, honestly, for 1973, let's be honest, it looked pretty darn good. Sure. I, I, I was super, super. And especially now when you tell me that that was the budget, that's even more surprising yeah. that they were able to pull it off. What did you guys think of the the hands? That was so silly. It was, yeah. right? Yeah, that didn't work for me. <laughs> it was Everything else, like... They they could do ears yeah. and they could do eyes and <laughs> sweat and hands, hair, right. but the hands like what what's what? so difficult about hands? But Especially you know when they do funny. the eyes thing. What's funny though is uh, I don't know if I heard this as a quote or if it's just not a thing people actually think. I have heard people say that exact thing about like fully CGI characters, um, like when you're talking yeah. about like the Polar Express or you know a lot of Robert Zemeckis type stuff. Um, where they're trying to be almost photorealistic. And I've heard people say that exact thing, they can't get the hands right. And so I don't know if that's a quote or what, but I, when they said that, I was like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. I've heard that before. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, have usually, you not? For me, it's usually the eyes. But yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, I, I just feel like it's, as far as like the most difficult thing to pull off, the hands is a silly thing to say. Oh, is, no, is I the agree. Worst. I agree. And like, I think it was silly in the movie, but I've heard people say that exact thing before. I know, but you think that that's the worst part of the animation? Like the the faces and the eyes and the expressions are better than the hands? I don't know. That's I'm just saying say? I've heard people say it, Chris. <laughs> heard people say it. People. You've heard people say that? People. That, you know, them. You know, they. people. Those people. I think this is a bunch of baloney. I don't believe. I need you to show me. Find him a quote, Daniel. I think I just, I found that completely silly, especially the way that they showed that the hands were not well done. They looked like big bird's legs. That's right. It was so weird. It just looked like the creases were on the wrong side. I was like, just flip those suckers (laughs) over and those hands would look great. Oh, put the gloves on the wrong hands. Oh, it's so weird. Um, we also have a hey, we have a, a Star Trek crossover. We uh, Major Barrett. Major Barrett's there, right? 
we've got uh, Nurse Nurse Christine Chapel and Loxana Troy playing a whore. It's great. And playing a whore. And, and the sound of the ship, too. I first recognized her voice before anything else. And when I heard her voice, I was like, yeah. uh, computer? Yeah, what? same. Yeah, that was cool. Yep, I that liked it. That was very it. cool. Uh, and just as I'm looking through other stuff here, there is uh, 10 minutes of adult material cut out of this uh, to make it PG-13. Or PG, I mean. So this could have actually what? this could have been the West World we know and love. Um, yeah, there was ten minutes of adult material cut out. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, but they don't. Say and it makes is. perfect sense, right? Oh, because that that scene like where they go into the 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 yep. he goes up with a prostitute was yep. a one of the most awkward love scenes. It was so I've bad. Ever yeah. seen in a movie. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, it was it was bad, but. Uh, yeah, and there is a the TV cut. I was so I was looking at this because you were talking about not being able to find it, maybe being accessible. There was yeah. a TV cut um, that was released in '76 that was that was longer than the original one. There were more chases. What? There were there was a, a so you know the lady that he pulls off the wall um, at the end that turns out to be a, an android. He, he yeah. gives her water and she smokes. So apparently they can they can drink whiskey and other things like that, but they can't drink water. Yeah, that um, was stupid too. Yeah, that was really dumb. Um, that was she was supposed. We'd never seen her before, had we? I was trying to think. Had was she I don't somebody think so. we had seen? So so there was a longer scene. She had been tortured on a rack, which is why she was she had been left there, and that he found her. So apparently there's a whole rack scene that's been cut out uh, that, that that was in this TV cut. So they filmed a bunch of other stuff that wasn't hmm. in there. Interesting. But anyway, so okay, end end of all of this. Yeah, where are we? Uh, we've we've said yes. We've said there's things we like. There's we've said there are there's cultural impact. There's some groundbreaking stuff. There's some not great filmmaking. Um, where are we on this in the end? I don't yeah, believe I, that this movie belongs on a greatest sci-fi films of all time list or greatest geek list you know i think it's a very solid movie i like it overall but yeah it doesn't belong on any sorts of those lists yeah i'm in full agreement with you there i think it is it's interesting it definitely changed the game i think michael crichton has a lot of really interesting ideas that are kind of incubating still in this film and come out in their full fruition much later on in, in his career. I think this is a good kind of first step and it's interesting, especially, you know, from being a fan of the genre and of uh, the man. But I, I think that uh, overall this movie doesn't really need to be watched in order to, you know, for you to appreciate, you know, what came after or what came before it. I, I think it's just kind of a, you know, it's an unfortunate I don't want to say mediocre, but it kind of is just middle of the road, and it's okay if you want to watch it. Great, but I don't think your geek cred goes down if you tell me I haven't seen Westworld. Yeah, I agree. I, totally I say agree. go watch the show, go watch the series. The, these oh, concepts totally, yes. are way better developed, and and uh, I mean they're groundbreaking but, today. I love them. But credit where credits due. The, uh, yes, uh, more ideas than I thought. Uh, yes. were, were originated in the film, not the Truth. TV show. I really thought the TV show would be something totally different. And so I was very, very impressed because a lot of the, the ideas are fascinating. Yeah, and there are even, even like full sequences when they first come to the park and they yeah. brought into that room and they have to pick their 
clothes and yeah, you know the hey first is that I, when when the movie started the first thing i thought was uh these characters james brolin and whatever the guy yep. the other guy's name is Pete. i was like well that reminds me of jimmy simpson and yes. whatever yes. the other guy's name is i can't i can't remember <laughs> the other guy yeah. uh yeah but i was like wow that i i don't think that was accidental i think that was a no, callback to the it's film it's pretty for solidly sure. the pilot i mean that that yeah. opening part is largely well it's the second it's the second it's the second uh episode but oh, yes second episode uh, yeah the first episode, you think uh, uh, the other guy is a oh shoot oh What's, that's right uh, Cyclops whatever yes, Cyclops James is Marsden. James Marsden yes James Marsden's character wow, is and then it's the second the second uh, episode you're actually introduced to the brothers wow I completely um, forgot about that yeah I need yeah. to get picked I uh, get caught up in the show again yep 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 well, no, I love Westworld I love it and I think this movie does a good job like I said before of incubating those ideas yeah. But um, and the show does a good job of mirroring them and respecting him, but taking it to a new, a new level, no doubt. Yeah. Well, uh, so we where we go from here uh, in two weeks, we're going to come back and we're going to be watching another show and, and another show. We're going to be watching another movie. And Chris, this time you've got one for me. Uh, as I we, do. As we were going through this list, you you had your eyebrows firmly raised and said, I can't believe you've seen you haven't seen this. So what is it? Well, you know, honestly, we're looking for off the beaten path films and uh, and and stuff that maybe you know people wouldn't necessarily consider to be on the list of like must watches, like Westworld. And in that grouping of movies is a film that is kind of near and dear to my heart. I really enjoyed, and you said you hadn't seen it, and that is Starship Troopers, Paul Ver- Verhoeven. Yeah, Paul yep. Verhoeven's um, sci-fi film he did in the '90s. Uh, and you know, I, I just really, I had a good time with that, with that movie. It is campy, it's silly, but it's a lot of fun and I can't wait to talk about it. So if you are listening to this and you haven't seen Starship Troopers, or even if you have watch it again and kind of enjoy that experience with us because uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. And during, during the week, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, give you some opportunities on, on social media to interact with us, to, to tell us why, why is this, especially me? Hey, I have not seen it. I've gone a <laughs> long time, uh, without seeing starship troopers. Um, but again, like we sort of said with Westworld, I could really BS my way through a conversation on, on starship troopers because I, I know all about it. It is so big in the cultural, at least in the, the sci-fi cultural landscape. Um, yeah. so I'm excited to see it. I really have, I have kind of high expectations, so I hope I'm not disappointed. But yeah, let us <laughs> let us know your thoughts, everybody. Uh, we are we're as always uh, at the next trek on Twitter. Uh, Daniel, where are you? Where can you be found? You can find me on Twitter at howitdk. You can also find, like we are already said, on my main show, the Screeners Podcast, and I occasionally write for the film site Next Best Picture. Excellent. Well, as always, guys, we'll see you in a, in a couple of weeks. Live long and prosper.